Bubble, Mike Carpenter in the basement studio, maybe sounding a little bit different. I got some new toys down here, so you might notice a difference whether you're listening on earbuds or in your car, hopefully for the better, and I'll continue to try to get this sounding as good as it can. It's been an on-again, off-again kind of off-season so far for the podcast, and we were waiting, quite honestly, for news to drop, and it did yesterday with Andre Curbelo transferring out of Illinois. Now, this was not a shock. Though, if you would have asked me this maybe three, four weeks ago, I thought this was going the other direction. I thought that Andre was sort of solidifying his role again and that he would figure things out. But unfortunately, that's not the case. And what we're left with is one of the more puzzling careers that I can remember with Illinois basketball. I want to start by saying I wish him nothing but the best. There are a few players that I've seen in my fandom that have excited me quite as much as Andre Curbelo, and it's unfortunate that we are not going to see this thing play out I thought he was the next legacy guy. I thought that everything this season was contingent on him being a superstar. And credit to Brad Underwood and this team for figuring a lot of these things out with an injured or ill-stricken Andre Corbello. They got the job done for the most part. And while he did offer something towards the end of the season, especially defensively, we also need to be honest about how bad things were on the court this year with Andre Corbello. Now, if we listen to someone like Mike Mike Latulip, who is a far smarter basketball person than I am, it is clear that what Andre Curbelo was doing on the court goes above and beyond what you see on the stat sheet. And I think that I would agree with that, certainly defensively, and then even offensively. Games like Iowa in the second half, you saw that he created so much for the guys around him, and it was that tantalizing potential that you saw from Andre, which got you really, really excited, despite the occasional, oh my God, why is he doing that kind of play? But ultimately, there were many yellow flags with Andre, and nothing personal. And I want I want to make sure this doesn't go into the sort of personal realm. This is strictly in terms of basketball. One yellow flag is that there was really no discipline to his game. When it came down to it, he was going to do what Andre Corbello was going to do on the court. And he said as much in between NCAA tournament games when he was asked, you know, basically all the haters that are on the internet, and he said, I'm going to be me. Now, that's great. It's great to be who you are, but you can be who you are with a little dash of discipline, and then you are looking at a potential superstar player, but you only go as far as your point guard will take you, and if there's no discipline, and all too often there wasn't with Andre, then how far are you really going to get? Back to the word potential and tantalizing, that, that's because they haven't quite done it yet. They haven't put all the pieces together, so you're waiting for that potential to be fully realized, and he got close last year the last six weeks or so of that season where you thought, well, this is our guy, right? I mean, I certainly did. You can go back to any podcast where I said, this guy's a superstar. I really felt that way, but we weren't seeing that. So discipline was one issue. And I, I think that this may be as mutual of a departure as you could see. And it's not going to ever be probably verbalized by Andre or by Brad Underwood, but I think where you're at as a program sort of dictated this move. Where Illinois is at as a program is at a place being top four in the Big Ten, competing for conference titles, and hopefully advancing past the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Now, that's not to say that Andre Corbello could not have helped you accomplish all of those things. He could have. But in the most important position on the court, you need reliability. And I think Brad Underwood would take a slightly less talented but more reliable point guard than Andre Corbello. And I, quite frankly, would too. What we saw in the NCAA tournament this year, and really even the Indiana game, where there were some good things from Andre, but 
ultimately couldn't finish around the rim. He was just sort of haphazard with the ball. And we all saw it. And, and we can have the experts telling us, and they are experts for a reason. We can have Mike Latulip breaking down all the positives of Andre Corbello, which are all true. But sometimes there is a simplicity to it. Sometimes the eye test really tells us what's going on. And what was often, or all too often going on with Andre was just kind of a messiness that goes beyond the fact that he missed a good chunk of this year because of injury or illness. He was on the court for basically the last two months of the year. We should have seen a little bit more than we did in in the way of reliability, at least. And we didn't. So all that is to say, I wish him well, but I think that some of the reaction from fans that we are losing this all-time great, well, again, back to the word potential. Potentially, he could have been an all-time great, but there was something not working this year, and I don't think it's a given that he turns around next year, wherever he plays, and conjures up the magic that we saw for about a six-week period his freshman year. I don't know if it's as easy as that. For his sake, I hope it is. For his sake, I hope he has all the success in the world, just not against Illinois, if we can all help it, but I have no question that he's going to have a long career in basketball at some level. He's got the personality to do that, and he's got the game to do that. He's one of the most raw talents I've ever seen come through here. And I don't want to poo-poo his ability, but I do think we're going to be okay. Would I have said the same last year? After all the turmoil of the offseason, or really the first four weeks after you lost to Loyola, you're losing your coaches, you're losing Adam Miller, if this would have happened in the context of last year's offseason, I would have been flipping out. I remember we got to a point where I said, as long as you tell me Andre Corbello's staying, we'll figure it out, right? And that was based on what we saw from Andre towards the end of last season. But where Illinois sits right now, I think what a difference the year makes where we look at this program and Brad Underwood and the stability with which he has taken this program that used to be in the depths of the Big Ten for a good chunk of a decade and now has it firmly entrenched in the top three or four of the conference year in, year out, and the nature of the transfer portal and the kinds of recruits that you're getting in on consistently now, I think you're going to be fine. And I actually think you might be better. How good would you have felt if Andre Corbello was the starting point guard going into next year? Honestly, how good would you have felt? Pretty good because he was a junior and pretty good because you've seen Really good things from him before, but a little bit leery. I would have been as big of an Andre Corbello fan as I am. I would have been leery going into next year thinking we're banking on him as our point guard. I saw a tweet from the guys over at the boardroom. They do a podcast as well. Some younger guys, I'm pretty sure. And they said that there's no way that a freshman point guard is going to be as good as Andre Corbello, the junior. Okay, that may be true. And they said a junior Andre Corbello is two or three times better than any freshman point guard you're going to get. I don't think that is true. Because for every good thing that Andre Corbello could do on the court, there were other things he could do that could really hamstring your ability to win games. Two steps forward, one and a half steps back. You know, not quite two steps back or three steps back, but for every good thing, a little ugh. And and I, I, I thought that was honestly quite exhausting. I thought it was kind of exhausting. That's not to pin this exhaustion that I think we felt with this team towards the end of the season on Andre. Oftentimes, he was one of the only guys playing with energy. But for a group of a bunch of veterans and a guy like Andre Corbello, who was as veteran as a sophomore could get, I honestly don't mind turning the page and turning the page quite substantially. So I don't really think I'm trying to rationalize this, and I'm not trying to diminish what he did in an basically a year and a half worth of playing. 
But I also think that some of the reactions are a little bit overblown for a guy that, on the whole, was not very good this year. And I think we can keep it as simple as that. Now, we're going to talk about Andre. We're going to talk about potential replacements. We're going to talk about the nature of the portal and how it has changed everything. And we felt that last year, but now it is just an entirely new ball game. And I do think that this program is equipped to have a lot of success with it. But before I go too far into this and good Lord, I'm already like nine minutes into this thing. Got to let you know the 200 level is brought to you by DP Doe online at dpdoe.com for all the best deals and prices. dpdoe.com. They deliver anywhere in Champaign, Urbana, so give them a call today or order online at dpdo.com for a business lunch or maybe a late night calzone. These guys have been in operation for 15 years and for good reason. One of the best deals in Champaign-Urbana, dpdo.com. Fourth and Kirby online at fourthandkirby.com. Vintage inspired lawn eye apparel, including the Big Ten Champs t-shirt, which I wore last weekend. This is the difference between last year and this year. I don't have that sort of months-long haze after losing to Loyola I really felt like this team accomplished everything they could and they won a freaking Big Ten title we got to commemorate that so if you haven't already go on to fourthandkirby.com get yourself a Big Ten Champs t-shirt it has the Gus Macker kind of flavor I really really dig this t-shirt as with basically anything the guys of fourth and Kirby put out so that's fourthandkirby.com Rector Construction online at R-E-C-T-O-R-Construction.com for all your home exterior projects. That's R-E-C-T-O-R-Construction.com. Yes, it's a little bit chilly and windy and cloudy and miserable out right now, but spring is coming. And you need to get started on your next home exterior project. So get a free estimate today from the friendly folks over at Rector Construction. That's R-E-C-T-O-R-Construction.com. And finally, State Farm Agent Brian Hansen online at BrianIsMyGuy.com. Life, auto, home, business renters, you name it, Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy as well. Great state farm prices, but more importantly, the customer service, super personalized and super smooth. I mean, Kara and I really appreciated how they hooked us up when we moved to our new place, and we're going to stick with Brian forever, pretty much. So why not do the same? Go online to brianismyguy.com. State farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network partners with the two level. And thank you all for sticking with us. And we will get a little bit busier here as we get into April and the transfer portal and recruiting really picks up. And it should be an exciting four weeks ahead. Not really going to touch on Kofi today because that is the big decision, of course. And I think if Kofi comes back, you will be Big Ten title favorites again. I, I really do. I felt that going into last season and they got it by the skin of their teeth. I think that Kofi guarantees the 21 season and guarantees about 13, 14, 15 wins in the Big Ten. And the Big Ten is taking a substantial step back. Last uh, Next year, we saw Keegan Murray just about an hour ago announce that he's going to the NBA. And you're going to see a lot of other defections and departures. And that includes with Illinois, perhaps. But I do think that more than any other Big Ten program at the moment, I trust Brad Underwood and this staff to maximize everything the portal has to offer. And I think the lessons have been learned. You need big guys in the backcourt. That is what excites me the most. And the names that are being thrown around, of course, Sky Clark, the five-star Kentucky decommit between you, Tennessee, USC, Louisville, Washington, and I want to say one other, like TCU, maybe something like that. And apparently it's Illinois and maybe Louisville. This would be a situation where the table is basically set for him to be a day one starter, I would think. Maybe they go out and get a veteran point guard. I think you need a couple ball handlers, Sky Clark and somebody else, but this is a situation that's perfect for him to come right in and get Andre Corbello's 25, 26 minutes a game. 
I would be somewhat surprised if he doesn't commit to Illinois because it just seems like the right fit and the name image likeness opportunities. I think that's one thing that they will be able to sell guys based on the strength of what Kofi did last year. And hell, that's going to help you sell Kofi on coming back as well. Terrence Shannon, the guy that you recruited hard three years ago, three solid years at Texas Tech in the portal. His mom still lives in Chicago. Why not come home, Terrence Shannon? And then today, Adam Miller in the portal. And would I have Adam Miller back? Are you kidding me? In a heartbeat. We all make mistakes. I mean, and this is an easy mistake to get out of. Will Wade being fired and then the ACL injury. I don't know if there's a waiver situation that he would have to deal with, but I would think that he'd be able to work that out, especially with all the trouble that LSU got in. He could play dumb and say, I had no idea that Will Wade was that kind of coach. I would welcome him back in a heartbeat. Are you kidding me? A big guard that can defend and shoot the three. That would be exciting to get the former Mr. Illinois back. And we can talk about loyalty, but I'm sorry, that word doesn't mean a whole lot in today's college basketball landscape for better in some cases, but also for worse. It is different because back in the day, sounding like an old timey kind of guy, I remember when you got a commitment and that was that, and then you watched them play for four years at your school. That's not the case. And part of that does sadden me because there is that whole fun of watching these guys develop. And that's why Trent and DeMonte endeared themselves so much to Illini fans because they built it. Io, even though it was only three years, well, that was as close as you're going to get to a four-year player in this college basketball landscape. Kofi might end up being a four-year player. That's going to become increasingly rare for a guy to commit to the school and stick it out. But I do think that with what we've seen from Underwood as an evaluator, go all the way back to Andres Feliz, not a transfer portal, but a JUCO guy. And then go all the way up now to Alfonso Plummer, guys that filled needs and were immediate impact players for you. I think he knows how to fill those holes rather quickly, whether it be in the transfer portal or maybe Juco, though I don't know what names are out there for Juco, or in the case of Sky Clark, the occasional four-year high school player. So I'm very much excited for this roster construction, much more than last year, where there was that uncertainty that I, and I think others felt, that we had blown it. One seed in the NCAA tournament, and all we had to show for it was a second-round exit to Loyola and a Big Ten tournament title. Did we blow it? And certainly it felt like it as we got in the second and third weeks of April. You lost your top two assistants. You lost Io to the draft expectedly. Kofi declared. Adam Miller transferred out. What are we going to do? What is our roster going to look like? And somehow Brad Underwood made it work. I am night and day from where I was in 2021 at the same moment. I'm night and day from that. And that includes another second-round exit in the NCAA tournament. But more confidence than ever ever, that Brad Underwood has this system figured out. That's not to say they're going to land every guy. That's not to say that they're going to get the trifecta of a Sky Clark and Terrence Shannon and Adam Miller, though, oh boy, what if they did? But if you were to couple two of those guys with Kofi and Coleman Hawkins— the freshman class, R.J. Melendez, Luke Goody, I think you're feeling pretty good. Oh, Dane Danger, another guy that I'm somewhat excited to see, and I don't know where Nomar Payne or BBV fits in this, but as John Gross, I think, used to say, I can count, and I'm pretty sure that Brad Underwood can as well. A lot of moving pieces, of course, go into this. Andre Corbello transferring out, bad news all around. I mean, we can call it what it is. For all the concerns that I had, that was still a rather proven commodity at this level, at point guard. And not only that, but a very, very high ceiling. So it's not like, oh, great, we're better only because Andre Cribello transferred out. That's not the case. 
what matters is how you fill that role and whether that is a Sky Clark as a five-star kid that's going to be a freshman or going out and getting a veteran point guard and or both at the same time, I think you can overcome that. And then you look at the other guard positions. You see the likes of a Terrence Shannon or if we're throwing in Adam Miller or the Murray kid from LSU and all these names that are being thrown out, the key or the common denominator, I should say, between all of them is that they have size. This year, you were hamstrung by a lack of size in the backcourt. And when you had certain matchups against other teams, it really killed you, especially down the stretch, even in the Chattanooga game, where apart from Alfonso Plummer scoring in the second half with all those threes, your backcourt really struggled to produce offensively because the other team's guards were bigger than you. That was Chattanooga. And then we saw Houston, and that goes without saying. So you got bigger guards. You feel pretty good about the front court. I know I'm talking as if I'm presuming that Kofi's coming back, but it just seems to make the most sense. And there doesn't seem to be a lot of smoke in the direction of going to the NBA. And he can't go to the scouting combine. I was listening to Derek and Jeremy, and because he already went through that process last year, he will not be invited back this year. So that would be a significant risk on his part to say, I'm staying in the NBA draft only to maybe not get drafted or get drafted late in the second round, at which point are you even making a team and are you making as much money as you would coming back to Illinois? Those are things that he has to consider. Now, I want to address something that has been percolating among Illini fans and Illini media for the last few months, to be quite honest, and maybe even beyond that. When we talk about the transfer portal and all the social media gamesmanship that goes with it, you're going to be seeing a lot of Illini fans popping in the mentions of these players with orange and blue diamond emojis and all that kind of stuff. Now, the ugly side of that, of course, is when you have these same fans or the darker side of the fan base getting in the mentions of these players and saying, boy, you suck tonight and all that. And and that is unfortunate, to say the least. It's actually one of the more despicable things about human nature is that when they're behind a keyboard or a screen, they are willing to say anything. And most of the time, these are things they wouldn't say to someone's face. That is a lesson that is as old as time, but exacerbated by social media, specifically Twitter. So when it comes to the Andre Corbello thing, I was just thinking this, and I didn't want to miss this point. There's been a lot of talk recently that Alani fans sort of drove him out. I don't buy that for a second. I don't. And I'm not trying to dismiss the fact, and it is a fact, that there are some really despicable people online. If you saw the number of people that I've muted over the years, holy God, it's in the hundreds. And these are people that just say kind of assholey things to you. And I'm like, I, I don't need that in my life. I, I will be willing to have a conversation with somebody, but not when name calling and things like that come into it, mute, not block. I don't block like certain other Illini sports media people. Any who's it. I don't think that this is what drove Andre Corbello off. I don't think that people, or I should say players would look at the Illinois fan base as any more toxic or dangerous than others. Every fan base is toxic. Every fan base does stupid things and has stupid people as a part of it. I think that there has been honestly too much made about Alani fans and their interactions on social media and the effect that it might have had on Andre Curbelo. There was speculation when he was out earlier this year that part of it was a mental thing. And we never got clarification on that. And frankly, it would be irresponsible to even speculate on that. But more recently, there have even been questions asked of him about, well, you get all this, you know, basically 2022 version of hate mail. What do you think about that? And I don't want to sound coarse and I don't want to sound like, I'm not empathetic to their situation, but that's just what it is. 
whether it be the text line back in 93.5, Carp, you suck. In fact, when I stepped in with Lon for a Friday show, the first thing that came over the text line, which I hadn't seen that since I'd been on 93.5, was, oh, God, I can't stand Carp. It's like, well, okay, that comes with the territory. And yes, it can suck sometimes. We are all human. But I got to be honest uh, on the other side of this. It's not like we're going to change behaviors here, right? It's not like we're going to convince the true jerks on social media to not be jerks. It was one of the reasons I was leery about Josh Whitman's letter, which came out about a month ago. What was it? I Matter, the I Matter campaign. And there was an advertisement with Kofi saying, hey, you know, be nice. And I'm all for that. I'm all for being nice. But I don't understand necessarily why this needs to be a PSA. The reality is there will always be jerks in any fan base or any demographic that will go after people behind the comfort of their phone screen, right? Or I should say behind their phone screen on the comfort of their couch. That's always going to happen. Does it require questions in a press conference or does it require a PSA, an ad campaign from a university or an athletic department of a university? I don't necessarily think that's the case. I'm not saying, all right, guys, you know, be tough and don't let words bother you. Words can bother you. But at the end of the day, that's what they are, is words. We're talking about young men that are on Twitter, on Instagram, Snapchat, I guess the old TikTok, whatever the kids are doing nowadays, which makes me sound old just by saying that. But this is the landscape. This is the reality. And no PSA or ad campaign is going to change that. I, I don't think there is much to the notion that Andre Corbello was leaving because the fans or a segment of the fan base couldn't stand him. I don't think Andre Corbello left because I was groaning throughout the first half of the Illinois-Iowa game thinking he's going to lose us this game the way that he's playing right now, which is how it felt in the first half of the Illinois-Iowa game. He's leaving for basketball and personal reasons, and I'm guessing somewhere on that 1-100 to list, 1 being the biggest reason he's leaving and 100 being the least important reason why he's leaving, Maybe 87, 88 is because some fans were mean to him on Twitter. Not to dismiss it, but this is just what it is. Go play for Kentucky and enjoy the, <laughs> enjoy the interactions you get from fans down at Kentucky or Indiana or any big boy basketball program. That's just what it is. This is something where I feel like just a few closed-door meetings with Brad Underwood and his team saying, guys, you're going to get jerks in your mentions. Don't engage. Don't worry about it. It was the same thing with after the game against Houston. Trent Frazier decided to go after the haters. Why? Why are you thinking about the haters after the year that you just had? Or the occasional player for any team, not Illinois, but any team that says, yeah, for the real fans. What real fans? I mean, they're all real fans. There's real fans that are nicer than other real fans. Some real fans are real jerks. It's just what it is. It just seems like, I don't want to use the word soft, because I want to be empathetic and I would be lying if I said that words that people have used towards me on social media platforms haven't bothered me as well. They have, 100%. But that is an unfortunate reality that you have to deal with. You know, I'd say it's like the anti-bullying campaign, but the thing is, you know, bullies can and should be stopped by those within the school environment or parents in the neighborhood. There is no policing this. So you could do all the anti-bullying campaigns that you want for social media, but there's no way to police it. So why waste the energy and breath on it? And I just wanted to hit on that real quick and maybe not the best soapbox I've ever stood on. And 
again, recognizing the immorality and the wrongness, if that is a word, for going after 18 to 22-year-olds on Twitter. But that goes without saying. All I'm saying is there are plenty of jerks. What Basically, I'm saying, what are you going to do about it? What can you do? A PSA and ad campaign, that, it turned me off a little bit. Didn't think it was necessary. You could say it's getting ahead of it and trying to be classy, which I hate that word classy. It gets overused time and time again. Sports are inherently not classy. Emotions get in the way. It gets messy. And people say and do stupid things because their team won or their team lost. I don't understand why we're always having to try to apply logic or emotional maturity to a game which often lacks it. I I appreciate the sort of imperfections of fandom and the fact that we could sit here for the 200-level podcast during games and all the histrionics and complete idiocy of me being a 35-year-old being like, hey, you 20-year-old, what are you doing out there? But that's sports, and and that's part of the fun of it. And as long as we aren't getting into name-calling, I'm willing to do that. Unfortunately, people are always going to do that on these websites and on these social media apps. And the question is, okay, do you tell your athletes to feel that, to actually internalize these awful things that are being said, or do you tell them to ignore it? Whatever happened to sticks and stones may break my bones. Well, this is the modern equivalent of it, and I just wish that we would take that approach instead of a freaking ad campaign. So yeah, that's been stewing with me for a while, but I was too focused on the end of the season. Sorry, I'll get off my soapbox. I, I will. Okay, what next? Well, that's the question. And as we get into these April podcasts with Illinois basketball still in the forefront, you know, I'm not going to talk a lot of Illinois football. I know it's spring football and they got another commit today. I think the number 15 player in the state of Illinois. So that's encouraging. I, I think that Brett Bielema is going to be fine. I think for what you need from a Brett Bielema and this coaching staff, which is six, seven wins a year, I think he will get to that. And whether it's this year, next year, or in year four, I do think there will be stability and they'll be fine. And frankly, that's all I need from Illinois football. But the exciting thing to me about Illinois basketball with where they set is the chance that there is an extremely high ceiling. And I've mentioned before in this podcast why this feels differently from 2021, the extra year of seeing what Underwood can do with all the things that went against this team and the fact that Underwood still kept them together and won a Big Ten title, I would put this coaching job up there with the best single-season coaching jobs I've seen from any Illini coach. When you consider all the obstacles thrown their way and they still kept their heads above water and won a freaking Big Ten title, and it was a legit Big Ten title. Yes, thank you, Nebraska, but frankly, the chickens just came home to roost for that Wisconsin team that skated all year. By the way, wouldn't you rather be in Illinois' position right now than Wisconsin? Yes, Wisconsin had lower expectations going into the year, but they really sucked down the stretch. And I think if you really ask Wisconsin fans in their heart of hearts, were you as good as your record would indicate? I think if at least a few of them would say, no, you know, we, we overplayed, uh, we, we outperformed our talent. And, and that, of course, is something to be applauded. And there's no doubt the great guard did a good job. Okay, I'm not going to dispute that. But what I am going to say is that even if the expectations were higher going in for Brad Underwood, If you would have written out the laundry list of all the things to go against this particular team in this particular season, you would have said, whoa, 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 they won a Big Ten title? How? And that Purdue didn't. By the way, (laughs) that's a final thought on the Big Ten right here. We aren't Purdue fans. That is a program that has been a a history of almost and near misses, right? They've never quite done it. And I would be crushed 
losing to St. Peter's, the same St. Peter's team that just ran out of gas and kind of looked like what a 15 seed should against North Carolina, a North Carolina team that's very good right now. But there was no reason for Purdue to lose that game. Down the stretch, they aren't even getting Jaden Ivey the ball. Their best player, they aren't even getting him the ball. They have Travion Williams in there. They're running the offense through him. I don't get it. Matt Painter is a very good coach. I think Brad Underwood's a better coach. I think Brad Underwood is approaching Izzo levels. Now, I'm not saying historically. He's got another 25 years to get to that level in terms of his career. But where we stand right now in this Big Ten, I don't know if I'm picking another coach other than Brad Underwood. I'm not taking Holtman, though he's pretty good. I'm not taking Painter because, to be quite honest, I don't know if I want to be Purdue. I don't know if I want to be that program. And I said the same thing when we hired Weber, and thank God we had the success we did the first two years of Weber, because essentially he would have turned this into Purdue if he would have stayed long enough. And he kind of did, like bad version of Purdue. I don't want that. Great guard? Yeah, right. Give me a break. Tom Izzo? Okay, well, that's the one guy that, of course, I would take the last 25 years of what he's done there. But I'm really having a hard time thinking of any Big Ten coach I'd rather take than Brad Underwood. And that's the first time I can say that about an Illinois coach since Bill Self. And there are similarities between these two, those two guys. The charisma, of course, you know, a guy that you'd like to have a beer with. And I think that counts for something when we get into the meatball fandom. You want to feel like your coach is relatable. Bruce Weber was too nice of a guy. I don't know if I would have enjoyed hanging out with him that much. John Gross was kind of cool. I, I did like John for him as a person, but a little too catchphrasy, you know. I don't get that with Underwood. You get the sort of shooting from the hip, meat and potatoes kind of guy that you got with Bill Self. Lon Kruger, very nice guy, cool coach. I mean, that's another guy that you could have a beer with, though he strikes me more as a someone that would have a nice glass of scotch or something. He's a classy gentleman. But Brad Underwood, we got the guy. And I feel more confident than ever saying that. And as we get into this next month, and we will periodically come here and do podcasts. And anytime news breaks, we will do that. And I get the feeling that by the time this roster shifting is done, we're going to have one hell of a team. I'm excited for two reasons. One, the shiny new toys aspect, right? The shiny new toys where if you were to get a Terrence Shannon, imagine that guy, six foot six of them, on the court doing things that you didn't have anyone last year that could really do that. The Sky Clarks of the world, which you got to feel pretty good about that recruitment, getting a five-star point guard in here and hoping to get a few years from him, saying, hey, kid, here's the keys to this program, to this offense, you take him. And clearly the great relationship that he's already built with Tim Anderson, which, by the way, what a home run hire Tim Anderson was, and Chester Frazier as well. So great coaching staff. You feel good about that. So I feel really excited about the exciting new toys, but also the prospect of the guys that would come back, hopefully the Kofis and the Coleman Hawkins of the world, that would solidify you as Big Ten favorites. And I really do think Michigan State is bringing most people back, so you could look at them as a Big Ten title contender. I don't know what the other teams, Michigan, of course, as well, right? That all depends on how many guys they bring back, though. You know my thoughts on Jawan Howard. Oh, by the way, Michigan fans, are just they're hilarious. They make a Sweet 16 because they beat Colorado State and they beat Tennessee. Now, of course, we should get the grief for not making the Sweet 16. We deserve grief because Illinois fans talk a lot as well. But I have never seen a program be so boisterous and blustery after going 0-5 against this Illinois coach since Jawan Howard's been there, right? Oh, they have not beaten Brad Underwood, and yet they talk more crap about Illinois than anybody. 
There was no humility there, but I've been to Michigan and I love Ann Arbor and it's a beautiful campus, but I've also seen some of these Michigan fans at the tailgates. There was a pomposity. There was this Ivy League idealization that they have like, oh man, you know, we're really better than we actually are. Yeah, you're a great university. You're a great athletic program, but holy crap, you had a very subpar year given the state. They aren't raising a banner for the freaking Sweet 16. They are not raising a banner for that. This was a disappointing season despite making the Sweet 16. And if they try to tell you otherwise, they're lying through their freaking teeth. Disappointing season. May they keep Juwan Howard in perpetuity. I hope he stays there forever and ever and ever. And if so, then they are in line for a whole bunch of these. All right, I don't know. I, I just, an aside there is I was thinking about the Big Ten, but we will be here through the next month, and I will periodically do stuff through the summer as well. And this will be a very different roster, but I think for, I don't want to say for the better, because I don't know if they're going to win a Big Ten title next year, but when all is said and done, I think I will be just as excited going into next year as this year, because as fun as the last three years were, they are their sort of own self-contained era a very good error that got Illinois basketball back to relevancy. I still think there are more steps to take. I still think that this coaching staff can do that. And as you look at the teams that are still alive in the NCAA tournament, or you look at the likes of a Houston and the template that Kelvin Sampson uses to win there, you can do that. And you can do that year in and year out. The lessons learned, you got to have bigger guards. You got to have bigger guards. And I think Underwood can recruit that. And if you've got the bigger guards, I'm really looking forward to matching postseason success with what I think will be plenty of regular season success going forward. Keep winning titles. Keep competing for Big Ten titles. Keep making NCAA tournaments. You will break through. I'm not at all worried about that. All right. The 200 Levels brought to you by DP Doe. I'm on at dpdoe.com for all the best deals and prices. dpdoe.com. They deliver anywhere in Champaign Urbana. Custom zones with all the toppings you want or some of their favorites, like the Maui Wowie or the Buffer Zone. I'm on at dpdoe.com. Also, we got Fourth and Kirby, Big Ten Champion t shirt. Why not rock that? Hey, it was a successful season by all accounts, or by most accounts at least. You got a banner for the first time in 17 years. You should commemorate that with this awesome t shirt from Fourth and Kirby. Com. State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. Life, auto, home, business renters, you name it, Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy at brianismyguy.com. And finally, Rector Construction, online at rectorconstruction.com. For all your home exterior needs, these guys are the goods. It's springtime. Get a free estimate today at rectorconstruction.com. Got to thank Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network, partners with the 200 level, and got to thank you, the listeners. Hopefully the new studio is sounding okay in your earbuds, in your car stereo, wherever you are listening to the 200 level. We will be back soon. Hopefully some good news will break. Hopefully no one else really transfers out, at least you know consequential players. And within three or four weeks, we have a much better idea of what this roster looks like. But Illini fans, I think you should feel pretty darn good about this basketball program. Onward and upward, and we'll be here every step of the way. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy. We'll see you soon. It is the 200 level. Oh,